This is Stephen Bonacore of Stronghold Games, and you're listening to Rolling Dice and Taking Names. Welcome back to Rolling Dice and Taking Names. This is Tony here for episode 25, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. And it's just like someone took me over, Marty, when I did this in the intro. Good evening. I want to drink your blood. Really? You, it's, you a Halloween, it? It, it's a Halloween theme game, right? All right, uh, episode, right? Right. Well, you're right. This is our Halloween episode. And counting down to our year anniversary here, we're two months away, and wow, two, uh, almost a year, man. We've been doing this for a year. That's amazing. You said we wouldn't do it. I know I didn't. I, I, I cannot believe we've been, I figured we would die out, life would get in the way, and... and <laughs> well, well, life has gotten in the way, we just hadn't died out yet. <laughs> this is true. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm checking that. But yeah, I mean, oh, man, this is just unreal. We've gone through, you know, a bunch of cons here. Got another big one coming up that we'll talk about later on the show. And and you brought us some special guests tonight. That's that's great. That'll make our job easier tonight. Thanks. Uh, yeah, because we don't have to talk as much, which is always probably good for the listeners if we just don't say as much. Uh, you got that right. So Invasion of the Body Snatchers, That you'll, y'all will figure it out. I'll let you guys out there, you figure out and post to the BGG Guild why I said Invasion of the Body Snatchers for the show. You See, really believe that's going to happen? No, but anyway, okay. we'll, we'll put it at the end or something. Who knows? But And Marty and I were just talking before we started recording. It just seems like there hasn't been a whole lot of news going on lately. I mean, I was looking over at Cool Stuff earlier today before the show, Marty, and looking at what's coming up and Cool Stuff, Inc. And I'm just like, man, what's, what's you know, some of the stuff from Gen Con's hitting there at the stores now. One thing that's not hitting is a game that I really want to get my hands on that you can't seem to get able to play over at Queen City Game Clubs, and that's Robinson Caruso. Can't find that anywhere, man insane and here's a you were at gen con you could have got it couldn't you no it was sold out first day and i wasn't there the first day wow yeah um and i know a couple weeks ago it like showed up on amazon and as soon as it showed up it was gone yeah and it was posted and i i completely missed it i've been i've got my email notices out i've checked you know all of our normal haunts i, I know cool stuff miniature market and all those people won't have it but even the ones that you don't really think about like what is it where did we used to buy some ccg armory they don't even have it on their website you know for like wow or you know coming soon or anything like that well i know and it's been a real popular game around here the past two uh game club events i went to robinson caruso was there and the people that played it just really enjoyed it and this past time i almost had a chance to play it but i didn't and you know why why because some gentleman named mark kell i'll say his name mark kell jumped in and took the last spot as i raised my hand and said i want to play and then the guy that was running the game said oh sorry marty uh, mark over here just took the last spot and you can't play tonight so i didn't get to play and you know what they won robinson crusoe is uh, what i've heard well, from what i've heard because i never played is a very hard game to win and they won and they were having so much fun over there and you didn't get well see that's just even more reason 
hopefully we'll get it in or, or maybe, you know, people will start saying, Ooh, I don't like this game and they'll put it up for sale. What do you think? Not going to happen. I know. No, it's not going to happen. So I guess next gaming event, I'm going to have to beg and somebody please bring this game again so I can play. And it got, somebody will probably still take a seat from me or something. Mark, I owe you one. Well, there you go. So um, he'll he'll hold a seat for you next time. I did notice that you know you and I did our five minute initiative last week on high command. I know hordes just came out, and I know you held a special event over at uh, your local game store for um, high command. Had an interesting turnout. Yeah, yeah. I had we we had a uh, advertised a big demo. There's a big um, war machine crowd that's over there. I mean. Every Thursday night is Miniature Night at that local game store, and there is a ton of people there playing War Machine. So I said, cool, I'm going to you know, run High Command, see if there's any interest there. Man, how many people showed up? Uh, it was like um, zero. <laughs> I was sitting there tapping my hands with the, with the box out in front of me, and nobody showed up. So luckily, my um, son was there that night to play a Pathfinder game, mm-hmm. and I there was an extra seat open, so I went and joined him and played a Pathfinder scenario. So I still got to do something, but yeah, the um, High Command demo was an epic fail. And you know what? I'm not surprised. I mean, if anybody, anybody hasn't heard, go listen to our five-minute initiative. Both me and Tony were like, meh. Yeah, and, and I agree with you, and I thought about it more and more after we did that recording. I was like, what is it? And I'm like, you know, it, it really is to me. It was a great two player game at that. I mean, it was, it was good and it could probably really be a good, you know, two player game over time, but we've got our two player games and maybe later we'll, we'll look back into it. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And if you uh, watch other people's reviews or read their reviews, it's the same thing. Everybody's like, it's just missing something Mm-hmm. to take it from a decent game to a really good game. And everybody is pointing more towards the combat mechanism, and I tend to agree. It's very anticlimactic. Yeah, who's got the higher number? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, um, you're going to win this. You know, there's no tension in the combat whatsoever. Right. I also see that some games like um, Dungeon Dungeon Roll has made it out to your local stores. If you didn't get one on the Kickstarter, that's good news. We, uh, I haven't broke that game out in a while, Marty. Have you put it on the table? I haven't. I haven't. Another game that came out um, just at the uh, local gaming stores is Firefly. That seems like it's easier to find now. Yeah, we got to get with Kevin and um, get up and play. You know, mm-hmm. um, if he'd ever decide to get back in town and, you know, something about coming back in town, his family needs him. I don't understand that. But anyway, so we're Kevin, Firefly, you got to pick a date for us, man. Okay. Definitely want to play that game, get it out on the table. But Robinson Crusoe first. Yeah, so bring your Robinson Crusoe. I know you. Well, he doesn't one. have Robinson Crusoe. Oh man, Kevin. Or does he? No, or did no. he? No, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't. It. No, that's right. We we're making a joke. I wish it was Robinson Crusoe. That's it. You know, I could, I could, I could have played Robinson Crusoe. Did I tell you that story? No, you didn't. Do you want to regale us with that story? See, there was this guy named Mark Kale <laughs> who took the last spot at the Robinson Crusoe table, or I could have played, and they won, and it looked fun. You know, what's going to be sad is we're going to get to play this and we're going to hype this thing up so much. <laughs> we're not going to like it. We're, we're not going to like it. What was so great about that? <laughs> yeah. It's just another co-op game. Quick, go grab Elder Sign. Anyway. <laughs> um, uh, one other thing that I noticed, Marty, that's been going on is, and we really do, guys, we really do appreciate those who post in our BGG Guild. We had a very interesting discussion going on with worker placement 
games. And that was just, um, I, I make sure I got it by um, <clears throat> Mike. I'm just going to leave it at that, right? It was Mike? I believe so, yeah, yes. it was Mike. And he was pointing out that he's he's not a big fan of worker placement, and it, he made some very valid points. He did, and it was it was it was kind of funny. It was like, why can my guy not go chop down that tree with your guy? Is the forest that thin? Or <laughs> um, you know, or, or my point is, well, yeah, you know, everybody knows I love pillars, and why can I not send nine guys to go farm in the quarry? What is it like a pebble beach or something? What what? You know, and he was making some very good points and everybody chimed in and I think it goes along and with our upcoming segment, you know, I will, you know, you can lead into it, but it's just, it's, it's the mechanic. I mean, may, you know, the theme and the mechanic, it's, it's the worker place and mechanic for me that I really enjoy, even though it may break down the theme of, yeah, there's a huge Sherwood forest over there and everybody can cut a tree and there's probably a gazillion deer like, you know. And everybody can go farm for meat or agricola. Why can only so many people bake bread or whatever? But did that, you say agricola? Yes, I did. I'll see if you're paying attention. Agricola. <laughs> nice. Agricola. <laughs> nice. Thank you. Agricola. Agricola. I'll never, I love it. I'll never forget walking into the game store saying that that was hilarious. No, it wasn't. But anyway, that that was a very good discussion, and I appreciate it. That. Was well, here's the thing, and we talked about this before when we we're comparing Ameritrash games and Euro games. Euro games is not very heavy on the theme, right? right? It's it's like they take an awesome game mechanic and you got to kind of throw a theme on it where Ameritrash is all about the narrative and the theme of the game. So, and I think it does kind of boil down to that. And I totally get what he was saying, but I'm like you, Tony. I just love the mechanic. I love the concept of I've got a limited number of workers that I can put out onto the board. And based on when I go, I might get a spot or if not, if I don't get a spot, I won't, then all of a sudden you got to totally change your strategy. And that's kind of the fun of it to me. It's like, Oh boy, I really didn't need that spot. Now I don't have it. So what am I going to do and how am I going to set up my next turn sort of deal? So I just enjoy the mechanic. Oh yeah. And in our upcoming show, which I believe is next on the agenda, you'll hear us talk about um, Lords of Waterdeep and just how good our strategies are at playing that game. There's, there's no doubt about that. <laughs> he says with thick sarcasm. Oh man. Yeah. Oh, okay. We're playing. Okay. I'm good. So we got that going on. And then in, uh, in middle of November, we've got a convention coming up here in Charlotte, North Carolina. You probably heard about it. If you listen to the um, dice tower news mace, uh, by justice productions is going to be in Charlotte. It starts Friday, goes through Sunday, I will be there Friday and Saturday. Marty is kind of iffy on Friday, but definitely will be there Saturday and Sunday, correct? November 15th, 16th, and 17th. Right. And um, it's uh, located up in the university area, which is north of the city. Great location, plenty of food. We've already talked about that in the last episode. Easy to get to. Oh, yeah. And Marty and I are trying our hardest to secure Eldritch Horror. That's the, that's one of the big things. And, and hopefully we will have a copy there at the show. And if we do, Marty can talk about this later. Um, you'll get to play with us. I'll play as many times as anybody wants. I'll play by my, with y'all Friday night, whatever. If we get the copy, come join me and maybe we can do better than what I did with Tom and Z and we can beat Cthulhu or, or something like that. We'll, we'll see what we can do. Well, I mean, why wait till later? Let's just go ahead and talk about it now. So our goal is we hope to potentially get two copies. 
we're going to get one from a local store and then uh, fantasy flight is hopefully fingers crossed. If Tony sent a follow-up email today, like he said he was going to do, we'll may get another copy um, to be able to, to play. Yeah. And, and they were gracious enough to say, yeah, we'll see if we can, if that can happen. If it, if it doesn't, that's fine. But our store has gotten out their press release comp copy or they've they said they were going to do that and hopefully they'll be it'll, it'll come in we'll see we'll see you know i'm sure fantasy flight it was inundated with requests on this you know exactly I, I know they are and if if they can send us a copy that would be just absolutely fantastic so um but here's what we want to do is we want to kind of tie this in with um a charity that's actually going to be going on in november there are a lot of other shows doing a charity through a website called extra-life.org where they're going to people are going to get together and play for 24 hours it could be uh, card games video games board games whatever and they're they're raising money and what we're going to do is we're going to do the same sort of thing is we're going to join a um, create a team uh, for the show and we have a local hospital here in the charlotte area that would benefit from this charity and what we would like to do is um, we want you guys to come play with us and we would like to f- to be able to reserve a spot to play Eldritch Horror or something else I'm going to talk about. Uh, we'd like just people to donate a minimum of $5 to the charity and we'll put up a link on the um, the website of how to, to go do it. If you could just, you know, uh, if you want to play, you can contribute five bucks and uh, when you contribute, you can just put your name and then contact us and we'll have all the details on the website and let us know, you know, what game you want to play and then, you know, so be it. If you don't want to play with us but still want to contribute, you're more than free to do that too. But I told Tony and I kind of dropped it on him and his eyes got kind of big. But what I want to do is for all those that want to chip in and play Elder Char with us, whatever money we make from doing that, the show will match those donations. Um, so, you know, we got, you know, three people playing and they pay 15 bucks. The show will chip in $15 ourselves to go towards the charity. It's a good charity. Like I said, there's a lot of other shows doing it, but that's not going to be our only method. Also, we're going to have a special guest on the show on Saturday, Stephen Avery, who is the designer with Tom Vassell on the game, Nothing Personal. He is going to be at the convention for the entire weekend. We've gotten in touch with him, and he's going to come up and uh, play a game of Nothing Personal with us. And we're also going to have two seats there available for that game. So if this is a game that you're interested in and you want to play with the designer, here's another opportunity. Again, we would just ask that people contribute to the extralife.org website uh, to the charity and that I reserve you a seat and you come up and play. And with each of these, probably what we're going to do is record a little segment after we play the games with Eldritch and with nothing personal. And we're going to get people's thoughts on the games. They're, they're relatively new games. Eldritch Horror is just in a preview. So that that's not even released yet. And just see what you guys think, if you don't mind being uh, recorded. So um, Tony, I think we're going to have, all that set up, hopefully. Um, I know we got the Stephen Avery set up. Oh, also, he's going to have a game. He's also going to show us, too, called um, Dart Board. No, Dart Gun. Oh, Why did you it? do that? Why did you go there? Oh, God. I, w- I went there. Hold on, hold on. But anyway, Dart Gun Desperados. There you go. Very good. And Dark Gun Desperado. Is this an unpublished game? And if there's, if there's a gun involved and you're shooting stuff, I'm in. Okay. Well, also, just to go along with that, um, I will give up my seat. If you come up and contribute, I will, I will pull back. I will make that happen because I'm just that kind of guy on nothing <laughs> personal. I mean, I will, I'll 
shoot. I mean, I, I'm sure we'll have another opportunity to play nothing personal because um, you'll probably end up flipping the table, Marty, but that's okay. Well, you know, that's a very good point. So, you know, if we have a decent sized crowd that wants to play, I'll give up my seat too, because I've heard it's a backstabbing game and um, it can get pretty personal. That's the name. So I am kind of a table flipper when it comes to stuff like that. So yes, I will gladly give up my seat too, if somebody else wants to play. Yeah, so, I mean, guys, just come up, ask. It's not uh, anything like that. Uh, so that should be fun, and I, I know he's going to be there. So I hope everything works out, you know, Saturday afternoon. Everything should be good, and we'll, we'll have it there. A lot of other stuff going on at Mace. Uh, definitely check it out. A lot of stuff going on, a lot of RPGs. Piazza, is it Piazza? Is that right? Piazza? Piazza? I always, in my mind, I always think it's the A before the I, but uh, anyway. Paizo. Paizo. Paizo, yeah. Paizo, yeah. yeah. Um, and is it Steve, Stephen, or, because, you know, I already screwed up the Bonacore thing. Stephen Avery. Stephen, okay. It's got to remember mm-hmm. that. Um, so anyway, it'll be um, one of the things that we'll definitely be dealing with there at Mace. It'll be a lot of fun. And like, like we said, if we're sitting up there and you want to play a game, come on up. Love to try anything. I'll have Huya there. Um, we'll also, if anybody wants to come over and play, like we've always said, our other favorite game, won't you mention the name? And we'll just keep moving along there. And who knows, we might even have Lord of the Rings, LCG out. Uh, what else could we, what else are we going to take? Gravwell. Oh, Gravwell will yeah, be we'll out Yeah, we'll take there. Gravwell. That, that, cause that's an easy game to pick up and play. So yeah, we'll just be there hanging out all day. And, uh, like I said, uh, well, like Tony said, he'll be there Friday night. I hope to be there Friday night. It all depends on my schedule. Uh, hopefully I'll know again, uh, know in a couple of weeks, but we'll definitely all day Saturday, we will be there. And, um, Saturday night, there's an auction that will be going on in the room. So, um, uh, it starts from six to seven thirty. So we won't be in the room at that point, but we'll be there from nine in the morning to like six in the afternoon. Eldritch Har will be in the morning from like nine to one with nothing personal coming up after, after that. So definitely check us out if you're in the Charlotte area for Mace. Uh, should be, this will be the second year, Marty, that it's going to be in Charlotte. Yes. So hopefully the crowd will be a lot bigger, you know, roughly, you know, I think they had like 600 last year. So Correct. Yeah. Yep. I, I bet there'll be more this year. Oh, well, th- yeah. It's a, it's a uh, great venue, great food. Charlotte, uh, November, it won't be snowing. So come on down, see us. Hope, hope to check everybody out. <laughs> what? <laughs> Come on down. Come on down. Have some fun. <laughs> you know, just a bunch of Southern boys sitting on the porch, you know, drinking some uh, tea and, and having a conversation here, you know. And uh, there'll be some tea drinking. Uh, you go right All right. Ahead. So, <laughs> so in our next big segment that we got coming up, we had uh, back on episode, um, I believe it was 11, if my memory is correct, where we had the wives get on the show and do a segment. Well, we had a. Uh, that went over so well, we decided to try that again. So what we did is we got um, uh, Casey, who was on that show, who was Todd's wife, who has been on before, and my wife, Vanessa, to get on and just talk about gaming in general. We've had people ask us, hey, how did you get your wives involved in the gaming? Because I can't get my significant other to want to play. So what we did is we got those two together to just kind of discuss what got them into gaming because neither one of them uh, were until recently five, six years ago into gaming. So what were the steps that they went through to get into gaming? What enticed them into gaming? And they're going to give some tips basically on how, if you got a girlfriend or wife or whatever, who's just not into it, maybe you can kind of work them into it just by listening to what uh, these ladies went through and what got them into it. So Tony, you ready to check this out? 
I would. I, I am sitting on pins and needles over here just to hear this conversation. And if everybody's saying, "Well, where's Tony's wife?" Uh, let's just say that after the first on episode eleven, she she did that for me, and I really appreciate it. And she just said, "You know, maybe I'll do shorter segments in the future. We'll we'll talk about it." And we've been talking about it now for almost a year, or no, half a year. So we'll, we'll I'll get her on the show sometime in the future. But this is really good, guys. You'll enjoy. Um, Vanessa and Casey. And if you haven't checked out Vanessa's blog that's been going on, please go do that and give her some comments. She's really pouring her heart out over there. Let's go, girls. Come on. I'm Vanessa, and I am Marty's wife, and I have been gaming for four years. I'm Casey, and I'm Todd's wife, and I have been gaming for about four years myself, three or four. Wow. Well, tonight, Casey and I are going to talk about um, some some reasons why we were reluctant to get into gaming, uh, some reasons why maybe some uh, wives, girlfriends, significant others may be um, hesitant to game, and also some some ways to get your friends involved in gaming, just your, your friends from work or people who are non-gamers, how to get them into gaming. There you go. That's what we're going to talk about. Exactly. I would say the number one thing that turns people off from gaming sometimes is the way that the rules are explained. Um, my um, biggest concern when when I start a new game is when I sit down with someone and they start talking about rules and pieces and there's absolutely no romance and there's no build up and there's no, this is an amazing game. Look, it's elder sign and we're all trapped in a museum and forces of evil are trying to get through these strange artifacts to destroy the world. And you, you special character, whoever you may be, um, special psychologist or, um, Oh, gosh, who's the scholar? Uh, Amanda Sharp. Um, that's who I usually like to be. You, Amanda Sharp, have to stop them by using your special abilities and your special powers. You have to kind of build up um, the fantasy of the game before it's fun to play. Even with something like Settlers of Catan. What is Catan? Where are we? What's happening? Um, I think games ca- can be so fun and there's so much... Imagine there's so many imaginative opportunities that come with gaming that get lost when people jump right into rules. Would you agree, Vanessa? I do agree. And and in thinking about some reasons why people may not game and a list of rules and confusing rules are definitely one of them and one of the reasons why I didn't um, want to, to join Marty in games. A lot of it is the difference between males and females, and it really doesn't have to be that way. But men are very good at laying out the rules, Mm -hmm. being very cut and dry. This is, you know, this is a sheep, this is a, (laughs) you know, and just go through the rules. Whereas women tend, I don't want to generalize everybody, but we tend to want a little more flavor, a little more... Uh, pizzazz to it. And one thing that I was thinking, because it is a way of finding for the men and women to play together. Right. So the man who likes to go through the rules, like for me, one way to, um, to, to get around that is to, instead of explaining, let's say, let's take a practice turn. Oh, that's, that and is as such we a do the practice turn, 
you're learning what the pieces are. You're learning the flavor of the game, yet you're learning the rules at the same time. I, I agree. And in order to do that, however, you have to put aside your desire to win for a little bit and take time to just play a little bit, to enjoy the game, to teach someone the game. I think it takes a special person to teach a game in a way that makes it fun. Um, and then after you've taken a practice round or two, then you can say, all right, let's play and see who wins or let's see how well we can do together if it's a cooperative game. But to be able to put aside competitiveness for letting Absolutely. learning be fun. Yeah. That was one of the number re- number one reasons why I didn't play games. It was too competitive. I watched Marty and his friends for years play games, and they would get mad at each other. Why did you put that on my land or whatever? It was always, why did you do that to me? And it was extremely competitive. And then I saw it with the boys. But again... Now, there are a lot of competitive women, so, but... Well, and I like to be competitive once I've learned it. Yeah, I, I'm not even competitive then. So <laughs> love it. I love so it. So <laughs> what, what we did for that was Marty found games that were non-competitive. So we started playing co-op games. When I started playing, Flashpoint wasn't out, but Flashpoint is a great one to start with. It's not too long which is another reason some people don't play, is because games can be too lengthy. You, you generally don't have three or four hours to sit down, and some games can take that long. Flashpoint is a game that, that uh, it's a co-op game, so it's not too competitive. You can do a practice round, learn the rules and the players. You get the gist of the game quickly. Uh, the game isn't too long. I think that's a great game to start out with. I would agree. And really quickly, things like um, Forbidden Island is, well, on one hand, I do play that with my children. I think a lot of people at different ages can get that game. But that is a really fun game with a wonderful narrative that's very romantic and interesting. And if you can start with a short game like Forbidden Island, then you can move up to something like Pandemic, which is a little more complicated and takes a little longer, but has very similar rules. Well, it's a very similar game. So um, I think if you can teach someone a shorter game, then you can move up to the more complex games. Play Settlers of Catan before you go play Agricola. Although I will say that... um, Todd and I have a dear friend whose wife does not enjoy gaming, but she played Agricola. He got her to t- play Agricola, and she loved it. She thought it was fantastic. <laughs> so I don't want to say that you can't start on Agricola, but sometimes it's nice to have an easier one to begin yeah, with. It's just somehow getting them to try it the first time. Right. Because once you get the bug, times, once you try something, once you get the bug, you want to play, which getting the bug leads me into another thought. A lot of times, the person is just not interested in whatever the genre of the game is. A lot of people aren't into fantasy. A lot of people aren't into sci-fi. I don't know why. I'm just saying that some people aren't. Uh, some people aren't into Lovecraft or steampunk, right. which everyone should be into steampunk. I, I really don't understand how anyone. Well, can be and into steampunk. I'll be honest. Oh, this is terrible. I do love Star Wars, but I have a hard time getting into games about space. Um, I'm not interested in spaceships and space aliens. And even though Galaxy Trucker should be really fun, I, I, it's not. 
I can't get into it, but I could play games about farming forever. And I don't know why that is. So you need to find what your friend's interest is and cater to them a little bit as they begin their gaming adventures. And once they start to enjoy gaming in general, then you can move to those games that, well, maybe space isn't my favorite, but my spouse loves it. So I'll, I'll play this game that involves space. And next time we play, I want to play the one about the, the Mayan empire, you know, and the, what is that? Zulkin or something like that. But you can, then you can take turns, but you've got to get them um, entranced with gaming before you can get them to play games that aren't um, engaging. Yeah. Well, I actually had another thought with that. They can maybe not, I didn't get interested in gaming first. So here is a way in trying to find what I was into fandom before I was into gaming. So there is, everyone has to be interested in something if it's, uh, Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones now, um, Doctor Who, Harry Potter. My mind went blank because I couldn't remember Harry Potter. But there are so many fandoms out there. There are so many hobbies that are part of what I, what I consider part of gaming. Writing, painting, costuming, jewelry making. I think that if you can find someone's hobby and something that they like and get them involved with that sort of around gaming before they actually play the game. For instance, Marty, Marty started gaming with card games and I didn't grow up playing card games, so they never really appealed to me along with the, the length and. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a really different kind of game. Cards versus dice versus pieces. Right. But he he started out with Lord of the Rings. Then he started playing Game of Thrones, and this was this was years ago. And uh, he wanted to read the book Game of Thrones, so he had me go to the library and get it. And it is a bazillion pages. I brought it home, and he said, "I am not reading that book." <laughs> and I thought, well. I just love big books. Right. I like to read. Right. That was a hobby. And I said, oh, well, then I'll read it since I checked it out. And I loved it, and I got hooked on it. So I was hooked on the Game of Thrones, couldn't wait till they all came out. And even though I wasn't into gaming, I was into reading. I read a game around the game that he, I mean, excuse me, I read a book around the game that he was playing. And then suddenly, and I'm sure he would agree, I started asking, oh, well, what game is that? Does it have a book to go with it? Oh, what game is that? And I started to uh, become interested in his games, but through my hobby of reading. So if you can find something like that, or Lord of the Rings, there are people who like Lord of the Rings movies and maybe don't realize, well, you can play uh, a role-playing game, and each character is like the characters in Lord of the Rings. Put it back to that. And again, any any sort of fandom movie that anyone could like, or any sort of, like you said, Star Wars, Star Trek, within anything of that, that there's lead-ins into gaming, be it reading a book or costuming. If someone has a spouse that sews, you could ask them to make a costume for convention you're going to now I want to I want to costume all the time and I now I want to make puppets and (laughs) gaming has just led to all this all this stuff well and that goes back to that realization that you have to capture someone's imagination um, before they will want to play the strategy game um, that you would like to play Um, because ultimately that's the joy of gaming right there's a little bit of pretend um, within the game oh yes even something like 
I'll be honest, I don't find Lords of Waterdeep nearly as narratively exciting as it might be. But that's the that's the exciting. And part. I love Lords of Waterdeep. Yes, I love that one. Um, but just this notion of well, who am I? What is my secret goal? Um, that's as much fun as well. Where am I going to place my meeple on this turn? Um, even though that that intellectual strategy, that critical thinking, that logic game that we all enjoy once we get into gaming. Sometimes that's secondary to the joy of what is this world and how do I participate in it? And so if you can can get them excited about that, that makes all the difference. I think Halloween is a great time to introduce people to gaming. It is, and I, and I do want to talk about that. But before I do one thing, you were talking about the more strategy games. Yes. Uh, sometimes something that can be intimidating to non-gamers is just the game setup itself. Right. If they walk up and Arkham Horror is set out on the table, they're just going to put a wall up, turn around, and walk away. It's like, I cannot play that game. I played Robinson Crusoe for the first time last week, and it is one of... Oh my gosh, the best games I've ever played. I love it so incredibly much. And that may be because I'm an English professor and I love the book. But it was amazing. But the board was terrifying. And I'm an experienced gamer. And I looked at it and I thought, oh my gosh, this is this is as big as Agricola. So um, yeah, it can be intimidating even for someone who's played a little bit to take that next step to the game that has just zillions of pieces. Um, But go ahead. How do you suggest dealing with that, Vanessa? Any thoughts? Now I love Arkham Horror and I take pictures of the table and send to my (laughs) friends and see what you could be doing if you came to our house. That's right. Well, one game that I had thought of and you... um, Well, we had kind of talked about this another time, but I had mentioned love letters. Yes, yes. Because it's a it's a quick game. It's there's not a lot of setup. It's fun and quick and easy. You can play it while you're bored. Yeah, a lot of the games that are sort of now the crossover games, Pandemic, Love Letters, Settlers. Those those are games that aren't intimidating by the setup, right? Even Werewolf, something like Werewolf can be a great yes. introductory werewolf, game. Werewolf, Resistance, um, Avalon. Have you played that one? I have. Uh, Those yeah, are Avalon good ways. is another one. Mm-hmm. Start with something easy and then move to a few pieces and then the bigger board. Uh, and again, going back to the competitive, I had thought of a couple, other ga- a couple other games that I wanted to say. Road to Kingsburg. Oh, I haven't played that one. Uh, it's a very good one, and it's really not too competitive, but it's a worker placement game like Lords of Waterdeep. So just another type of feel than a co-op game, because I don't want people to think that that a co-op is the only way to go to get someone into gaming. Although I'm telling you, I, I like co-ops. I think it's, Oh, I do too. If I you're too. scared of gaming, it's so much fun to play a game where, well, if you make a mistake, somebody else on your team can fix it the next turn rather than... Oh, I'm playing. I'm responsible for my own character. If I mess up, I'm going to lose. Um, co-ops can But be at there. the same time, with a co-op game, if there's someone who's a non-gamer that that's a personality, they're not going to like that. Oh, well, that's so true. You do, you do have to know... Who you're, who you're bringing into the game. So gamers, you have to do a lot of research into... You have to know your players. Yeah. yeah. You have to know what they like. You have to know their personality. It, it. You have to introduce it in just the right way. Yeah. It's like trying to get someone to try a new music genre. You know, they think they hate country, but you've, you've got to just find just the right song to... I'm them. sorry. We do hate country. <laughs> I know. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. The gateway song or the gateway game. 
Yeah. Oh, uh, something else that we had we touched on it a little bit earlier. I don't know if I if I finished my thought. I'm sorry, oh, I'm but sorry we had said if you grew up. Oh no, if we grew up. Um, like playing cards, some some games then to introduce to someone who likes card games, Resistance, Avalon, Werewolf, Love Letters. But if you grew up playing Yahtzee, some dice games, maybe King of Tokyo, Quarriers, and even Elder Sign. Oh, yes. Um, I really like Elder Sign. I love and Elder Sign. I think that women tend to like that game. I have played Elder Sign with two of my cousins who are both professionals um, and not fancy fantasy types, not game players. They could not stop playing that game. Part of it again was, oh my gosh, we're in the museum. This is terrifying. Who will I be this time? Jenny Barnes with the trust fund. That's her special ability, trust fund. I love that. But this notion of um, that is a great game with a narrative structure that I think a lot of people can buy into. And like you said, the dice are not that hard to figure out. You you roll them and you get what you get. That is a good game. And Adam taught me, we were talking about the fandom a minute ago. Yes. He taught me another genre of games is called Noir. Oh. N-O-I-R. Noir? And, uh, noir, yes. I'm sorry. Say it off French from like. Mississippi, people. French like <laughs> noir. Is that like film noir? Yeah. But that that dark detective yes. 1920s so that can be Humphrey very appealing Bogart. to someone who isn't into fantasy and the dragons or or whatever but that's another uh way to introduce that i think that is i, I really thought that was a very good idea and talking about elder sign and arkham earlier lovecraft is that whole genre and i didn't get into lovecraft until adam did our oldest son adam loves um, Lovecraft and that whole world, and my brother does too. And so because they liked it and got excited about it, then I wanted to play it, and now I love it. Elder Sign, Mansions, Arkham, I just can't get enough of those games. So I love that that whole Lovecraftian universe. I, I love it. Which does lead into Halloween. Halloween is coming up, and that is a great time to have a party and maybe introduce some games to non-gaming friends or non-gaming um, spouse or girlfriend or whoever. Let's talk about some games we might want to play at a Halloween party. Um, I will say my favorite Halloween game would have to be, well, I do love the Arkham, as we said, but Werewolf. You can yes. get all sorts of people playing Werewolf. And if you play it around a fire pit at night with marshmallows on sticks, it is even more fun. So um, I think that's something, too, that's easy to learn. And if you bring it out in a big group and you can just get them to play it once, a lot of people will get into it. I think, again, just as I've been saying, the key to werewolf is a great narrator. You have to have someone who says, all right, close your eyes. Open them. It's morning. Oh, no, the door's been broken down to grandma's cottage and poor grandma is laying dead. You know, who did it? Villagers, who are we going to hang? Gosh, it sounds so gruesome when I'm imitating it. But I think um, it the play of it is so exciting if you have that good narrator that makes it more than just, all right, so-and-so got picked. Who do you think did it? You know, you can have that, the fantasy and the pretend that make that, make that game so fun and everyone can participate. 
And then again, Elder Sign, I think that's a great one at Halloween. And I love to have costume parties at Halloween, and that would be a fun one to play dressed up. Uh, King of Tokyo, we like King of Tokyo with the um, Godzilla and those creatures. Zombie dice would be good. (sighs) Zombie dice. Even something, if you're into nicer costumes rather than scary ones, um, Once Upon a Time is a fun storytelling game. If I've never played that. It is great. It's got fairy tale tropes within it, and you've got so many cards, and you'll have a card like Magic Beans, Deep Sleep, Prince, you know, and you have to go through, and you're trying to make a story, and if you say someone the name of someone else's card, like if you say Prince and someone has a card that says Prince, they snatch the story from you and start telling it and using up their cards. But that's it. Again, oh, that an easy game without a lot of strategy, which can be full of humor and fun um, and also has a little bit of dress up involved. So um, if you wanted to, to play that, um, it's not the scary Halloween, but the, the shiny, sparkly tiara Halloween. You, you can tell you have the daughter and <laughs> I have all boys. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that's that's true. And that's what we're here to tell everyone is here are some. Uh, ideas of games and and Halloween really is the perfect time to try to get someone to play a game. Now I am embarrassed to say we we used to play apples to apples all the time. That's not the embarrassing part though. Our thirteen year old son I didn't realize he had never played it. Oh my god! So gosh. he went to a friend's birthday party. They went kayaking and when they came back they had pizza and they started playing apples to apples. So when I picked him up that's what they were playing. I had to wait and when he got in the car he was like how come we never play apples to apples and I went Psh, because you're a real gamer <laughs> and he went no that's great we should have been playing it I think that sometimes people who um, call themselves quote real gamers forget to play games like apples to apples which are very uh, fun fun yes, games yes yes you don't have to have a heavy strategic game to have fun, like you said. And that really is the purpose of tabletop gaming, to get together, meet people, and have fun. And I'm sorry I got to say it, and to go to conventions. <laughs> go to conventions. <laughs> Notice that that you did not say win in there, and I think that's a key. Uh, yes, yes, we all like to win, and we... We do. Winning is fun, but um, if you're introducing people to games, it needs to be about the joy and not about that um, that challenge to intellectually best the person next to you. It needs to be, isn't it fun for us to play this intellectual game together? And then as the person gets comfortable gaming the second or third time, sure, get competitive, you know, get wicked, play all the nasty tricks. But um, if you want someone to play for life um, – you need to introduce gaming in the right way rather than have them play one time and you're so competitive that they think, gosh, that was a terrible experience. I don't think I want to do that anymore. So when thinking about if you have a Halloween party, so you play some games like Werewolf, you play Apples to Apples, Zombie Dice, and this goes on for a little bit and you want to maybe introduce something a little more strategic, here is a hint. Remember this. Gaming lingo can be intimidating. Yes. Oh, my goodness. And that was a big reason, another big reason why I didn't want to play is because I was embarrassed to ask what things meant. So what I mean is there are a lot of acronyms. There are a lot of abbreviations that seasoned gamers just know. I call it game speak. And I was really embarrassed to ask. Now, one thing that men have to understand is somehow... and I don't like it, but women tend to think in um, 
cliques. Like I was, a, so Marty and his friends, and of course they were all male, they would come and play. I thought, well, they're a clique. I, I'm embarrassed to ask. I don't, they don't want me to join. And that couldn't be further from the truth. Gamers want people to become gamers. I mean, right. I have, it really is an open door. Now we've been to local conventions and gaming here when we have friends over, when we go to the bigger conventions, it is the same at every place. People want you to come and sit at their table and play their game. They want to meet you. It is always an open door and everyone is welcome. And I was wrong to be embarrassed to ask. Do not be embarrassed ask, what does RPG mean? What does, my mind's going to go blank now and I'm not going to remember. I remember there was one game we were playing and we kept saying, put the card in the graveyard. And I was even saying that. And my mother happened to be playing that game with us. And when it came around to her turn, she said, where is my cemetery? (laughs) We still joke about that. But for the for the seasoned gamer, be sensitive when you're going through the game. When you are telling the rules, you do have to tell the rules in some way. Just be sensitive when you say an acronym. Maybe just say out what it means, um, and and just to know that not not everyone knows. And we tend to use these abbreviations without really even knowing it. That was a little thought on that. That's a great point. Really good point. Really, that's about it. The the game setup can look intimidating, so don't lay out this elaborate card game to begin with. A lot of times the people just aren't interested in, in, in the genre. Right. Yeah, know what the person you want to play with likes. What are, what are their fantasies? Do they dream of farming? Uh, and, you know, that might be more of for a girlfriend or boyfriend or spouse, uh, from what I was saying, how I read the book Game of Thrones, and that got me interested in, hey, what are you playing? Or if they're they're interested in, in science, what about pandemic? Um, all sorts of opportunities. Or if they like trains, what about the new game trains or the old uh, rails? Ticket to ride. Ticket to ride. Mm-hmm. Yep, that is a, yep, a great game. Uh, or if they're interested in World War II. Marty just got his, game, his dad the game. It, uh, my mind's going to go blank. Uh, wings of glory yes exactly um but just whatever their interest is and now now and it does take time we've had marty's dad playing with us for a few years ticket to ride we played that a lot he started playing werewolf i think he played pandemic and then we just kind of snuck wings of glory in there (laughs) for his birthday yeah so now he's hooked on it that's great that is great and just remember that the lingo, just be, be mindful of what you're, what you're saying and how you're describing the game. And have fun. That's the big, that's the most important part. Make it fun. Make them want to play. Make it an exciting experience that they'll yep. want to repeat. Yep. When you play with your woman, have fun. When you play with your gaming friends, then you can be competitive. Yeah, and when your woman's played multiple times, then you can be competitive and she'll beat you. Right? <laughs> right. Yes. Or she'll be like, man, just want to play the co-ops and role-playing games (laughs) now if you think that um, someone may be interested in a role-playing game it it, this is in no way a role-playing game but it just gives you a feel of having a character and working together that would be something like uh, Ravenloft Mm -hmm. or Mice and Mystics that's something just to give that kind of feel and who knows then eventually they may want to play a role-playing game which is what um, I've gotten into And then um, if your children are involved in gaming, 
a lot of times the mother's interested in what the children, like when Adam got into Lovecraft, then that's how I got into Lovecraft. And have parties. Have parties. Have fun. Nuns on the Run was a good game. Oh, Nuns on the Run is great. Who doesn't love that game? That's a great game. I guess that is about it. Yeah. And I I hope that that helps. I hope we bring lots of women into gaming because it is a wonderful, joyous thing to do. And I wish more of us did it. It's great. Uh, When you said that, it just made me remember because we had the women's gaming night. Yes, we did. I know. Marty and Todd, they have their, and you go with them. I'm not able to go during the week, but I would go for the ladies' night so that Marty could stay home. So I would encourage people to to look around. I think we've said that before maybe, but look in your area to see if there's a gaming club that meets once a week or once a month and see if y'all could get involved as a couple or if they have the ladies' night gaming Um, to get involved that way. It's another idea. Yep. Well, I hope everyone has a a wonderful time with their friends and and loved ones. And I hope our advice helps. We'd love to hear some some commentary about whether or not any of this worked. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Casey. Oh, thanks, Vanessa. Y'all have a great night. You too. Bye. Wow. A lot of good advice out there for you gentlemen, especially as Vanessa says, go play with your woman. (laughs) i'm like what hey let's go play with your woman right now hey you woman come here i won't play with you (laughs) i'm like okay this is like uh oh that sounds interesting to say the least (laughs) so guys if you want to play with your woman follow their advice all right yes i mean it was it really came down to you know uh, make it easy to understand. Uh, break down the rules. Make it in- interesting. Make make the theme of the game interesting. You know what we talked about at the beginning of the show? We're saying we talk about worker placement game and how maybe those Euro games like Agricola and stuff, the theme doesn't really fit. Sometimes guys are really into the mechanics. And, and, and what these two ladies were into were in the theme, the story, why am I doing this? So maybe you want to get a more thematic narrative game to introduce with, and that's where the Ameritrash games come in because they're heavy on the narrative. Like they said, maybe start there. I know Vanessa was all like, you know, find something that people are interested in. You're the person that you're trying to get interested in gaming. Find something they're interested in, uh, fantasy or, or historical or science fiction or something. And then start there, and then you never know that that could be the the path you get them into gaming. Right. And one point that Casey brought out that uh, I really didn't realize, and that was put some emphasis when you're trying to teach the game. But I I started to chuckle to myself, Marty. I'm like, okay, because when she first taught me Elder Signs, I'll never forget it because she did exactly what she did on the show. She went into that, you know, got all that heavy type theme in there and and she did her voices and all this when she was teaching this elder sign i started thinking i said okay so let's do it for netrunner okay marty you you're this corporate hacker dude and and you're going to go out there and 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 the corporation is bad real bad and 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 you want to hack in and steal their agenda but you don't want to get caught you don't want to get scorched earth, all right? Because it would, oh, it would just mess up your life. And you got all these cyber implants. Think of it. And you're sitting there, and ha- but hey, you're the corporation. You know what's good for the people. You know what will have them eating out of the palm of your hand. So what if it's illegal? So what? All you need to do is score these few agendas, and you will control the world. 
See, now, doesn't that make you want to go play Netrunner? No. Not really. Oh, okay. Or better yet, we could do the werewolf. She talked about werewolf. I, could, I know how I would moderate that exactly like she said. Well, I, I mean, if you did dad. that with Netrunner, if you did that with Netrunner, it'd take twice as long. I, well, but that's that's what I'm saying. I mean, you know, she, she brings out an excellent point. It's certain games that would apply, but... You know, it's funny. So I'm explaining a game to I try I've tried to do this um, and I hate to say it for like power grid. You know, I'm like, you're trying to, you know, power the world. Da, 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 da. You know, you know what the first thing they asked me was what? What are my steps again? Oh, God. OK, fine. <laughs> you bid on a plant, you purchase your resources, you build your power grid, you power your cities, you get your points. OK. OK, let's play. Well, I mean, again, some games are more inclined to theme. And like you said, with, with like Werewolf, it is more easy to get into. Or uh, the uh, games like Pathfinder Adventure Game that we're, we're playing right now, it's anything like that's going to be easy. I mean, even with Pandemic, uh, the theme worked really well with the mechanics to where you felt like, holy cow, you know, diseases are spreading. We got to work together to get rid of them. But so, yeah, I totally get that. And I think that's a very good, uh, good point is to, uh, that's why I said, maybe you need to look at more of Ameritrash games, which are a little bit heavier narrative and a little bit uh, less in strategy. So anyway, so what we got coming up next? Uh, you know what? It's the, since we're talking about our Halloween episode, why don't we head over to our At the Table segment and see what some of the people at our gaming club uh, like to play for Halloween. All right, so for this At the Table segment, it was pretty easy. Here we are in the month of October, and all these Halloween-themed games are coming out. And so what we just wanted to ask is a lot of people in our club is, what is your favorite game to bring out at Halloween? So let's see what they said. Which game do you always bring out at Halloween? Last night on Earth. I like to play Arkham Horror. Arkham Horror, yeah. Betrayal at House on the Hill. Arkham Horror. Witch of Salem. Mansions of Madness. King of Tokyo. Shadowhunters. Betrayal at the House on the Hill. I don't really have one. That's an answer. Most of them are cooperative, which seems odd for Halloween games, but uh, we like um, Ghost Stories, Arkham Horror, and Elder Sign. All great Halloween games. So as you see, a lot of people kind of like some of the same things with the, with the whole Lovecraftian theme. That's obviously very popular with the Elder, Elder Signs and Arkham Horror. But let's check something else out. So we had we'd gone out to our Board Game Guild uh, forums and we asked people, why don't you submit to us your choice of what your favorite Halloween game would be. And we just ask you to like to record a little segment, send it to us, and we'll put it in the show. So let's go check those out right now. So, Marty, um, so what you're saying is they enjoy the cricket game, or was that just an <laughs> epic failure? Holy cow. <laughs> yeah, you know a couple episodes where you said, Marty had this brilliant idea. And it was. And, and I said, well, let's wait and see if it works or not before it's 
we see if it's brilliant. So I would say it is not brilliant. No. Yeah, we didn't get any submissions right. for that. So, so we won't be doing that again. No, no, we are. I think we should, Marty. And and here's what we're going to do for for the November episodes. And this maybe there wasn't enough time. I don't have anything to give. I don't have. We don't have anything to give away. Okay. No, come on. we don't have anything to give away. Fine. Um, I tell you what, I, I will send them at the end of November. I'll send them an, a chewed up turkey leg. How's that? Okay. <laughs> That'll work. But all right. So guys, this is what we want you to do. We're going to try it again. Maybe you were a little gun shy. You weren't sure what to record or anything like that. I, you know, I try to get somebody to send us something. Well, I don't have a microphone. Uh, fine. Just write it. And I, we'll record it in a funny voice or something. We'll get Marty's son, Adam. He does all these voices to do it. But anyway, all right, so for November, this is what we want you all to do. What game have you bought that was a complete and total turkey? You hated it. You didn't like it. It was it was, it was was the worst game ever or whatever. It was just a turkey. You thought it was going to be good. For us, it's, it may be Robinson Crusoe later. We don't know if we ever get one. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. So anyway, uh, take – So, so anyway, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. No, now, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. What, what's your? I think that was a great question. But, but back to this one real quick. So, Tony, what is your favorite game you bring out to Halloween? We'll answer this real quick. Um, for me, uh, the, there's two. It'll definitely be Elder Signs because that's the game that Donna loves to play. She really enjoys Elder Signs, and also, believe it or not, we we enjoy. We'll bring out Pandemic because of the contagion, the zombies. I'll mm. tie it into that type of theme. But Elder Sign and Pandemic are my Halloween games. How about you? Gotcha. Yeah, it's going to have to be um, probably Arkham Horror and Werewolf. Uh, Werewolf, because when you got a big group of people, if you have a lot of people together, it's really easy to get into that uh, mode with the whole werewolf theme and everything. And, and Arkham, I just love the the Lovecraftian theme. I think that's just kind of an epic game to play over Halloween night. So there's my two. It's not. It's nothing unique. Probably a lot of people you know probably say a lot of the same things with with those. When you got the Mansions of Madness and um, uh, Elder Sign and Arkham Heart and now Eldritch Horror coming out. I, those will probably rise to the top over the next few years, but but that's our list. Yeah, and Marty, if if you want to see me go screaming into the night on Halloween, uh, break out Resistance, okay? <laughs> nice. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> So what's coming up in the fall is the big German gaming convention uh, over at Essen, known as Essen or Spiel or whatever. But one thing Marty and I were discussing and one thing that confused me, I mean, when we would go look at games, you would see games that had this cute little ribbon on it and it had this, you know, Spiel de jour or, you know, I'm not going to even try to get close to it. And I'm like, oh, look, it's got this cute little thing with funny words on it, Marty. I wonder, I bet this is a good game. And I would get confused between, and I, I would often, and it was first started this, would associate the two things. And Marty, they're not. Spiel is just another gaming convention over in Germany where the award is given out in July for games voted on by a bunch of German guys sitting around saying, oh, this is a good game. Uh, get me some more Wiener Schnitzel or something. So, <laughs> yeah. so you know, or, or like what we would do at um, the Queen Kids City Gaming Clubs, you know, when we go to. Um, uh, God, the vault horn, you know, there you go. We could do this in Charlotte. Hey, here you go. Here's the, here's our best game. So from, but a lot of games are coming out. Some won't, some will make it to, to, to America. A lot won't. And 
what in, what games are you looking forward to, Marty? That you've seen, that you've seen advertised, that you know will be coming this way. All right. Well, and, and you know, for a lot of people, like you said, for for maybe newer gamers and stuff, you may not even realize this that that convention that's held in Essen, that's called um, Spiel. Is just as large as Gen Con. In fact, you'll have people fighting over which one has a better attendance. And those, I think, like last year, they said at the turnstile attendance at uh, Spiel was 140,000. But you know, that counts the same people multiple days, blah, blah, blah. So there's people that get all, all into is like which one's bigger. Regardless, Gen Con, Spiel, they're both huge. But one thing about um, Spiel is like, like 500 games are released there. And so there's always the talk around this time of what games are coming out or people looking forward to. And there are three that I'm kind of looking forward to, and they're not unique. I mean, if you were to go out there and ask people what games you're looking forward to right now, it's going to be some of these same ones. Uh, one of them is, well, it's funny. Actually, two of them are from the same designer, Uwe Reisenberg, who did Agricola. He is doing the Agricola uh, like sequel that's called uh, Caverna, the Cave Farmers. And it looked kind of interesting. It sounds kind of odd. How can you farm in a cave? Well, I'm, I'm not exactly sure. But um, I thought it looked uh, really interesting in that it's, maybe some of the mechanics are a little bit different. And the, the, the uh, you know, it is another worker replacing worker replacement game like Agricola. But I've heard that it's a, just a little bit different. So I'm kind of curious to see, you know, how, how different uh, that is a, another game that he's coming out with that uh, people have been kind of doing a little buzz with is Glass Road. And the whole theme of that game is is uh, going back in historical times when people had to uh, make glass and the steps it took to gather resources to uh, build the buildings to to make the glass. And, and that seemed kind of interesting to me. But what really interests me is their simultaneous action selection. And what that means is everybody, you know, plays at the same time. I love games like that because, as I've said in previous shows, I'm not big on games where there's a lot of downtime. That's why games like um, uh, Seven Wonders I really dig because everybody's playing at the same time. So when I saw simultaneous action selection, I went, yes, I want to check it out. Just knowing that we're all kind of playing at the same time means you're immersed in the game 100% of the time. I kind of like that. So I want to see where that one goes. And the last one is Tosh Kalar uh, Arena of Legends, which if you look at it, it looks like maybe Summoner Wars, or some people says it's like Mage Wars. But what's kind of interesting is, is you have these cards that have like units on them or characters on them, and you have to put the cards in a certain order. There's a, a picture on the card that says you need to lay out the cards on the table in a certain layout. And if you if you achieve that, you, you allows you to play additional cards from your hand. So not only is it like there's this whole combat thing, there's this whole kind of strategy of placing cards and placing them a certain way on the table because there may be a card in your hand that requires cards to be laid out a certain way before you can bring it out. So I'm kind of interested to see how that dynamic, it may stink, but I'm just kind of interested to see how that works. Okay. Um, Glass House was one that I was, I had also heard about Marty and Glass Road. Glass I haven't Road. heard about Glass House. Oh, that's the Billy Joel song. 
Um, <laughs> that, was a C, that was his album, Glass Houses. That's what I get for, you know, looking at the computer screen <laughs> uh, some house. Anyway, Glass Rose. I, I knew, God, I, that just went in my mind. That's hilarious. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, Glass Rose. Yeah, that was him. But, for, you know, for me, it's I, I, I'm interested in a game called Coal Baron. It's going. Hmm. It's definitely going to be brought over here in November. You can always already pre-order it at Cool Stuff. Matter of fact, I probably will go out there since my money for Robinson Crusoe isn't it's just sitting in the bank. How many times? That's about four times we've cracked on Robinson Crusoe tonight. Anyway, um, Mark Hill. Sorry. <laughs> oh, it's it's going to be brought to us by Pegasus Spiel, and the designer is Michael Kiesling and Wolfgang Kramer. Now, these two have come uh, worked on other uh, tons of games. I mean, Wolfgang, he's got tons of credit to him. Michael's got tons of credit. They, they're previous Spiel winners uh, for you know the, the awards there. But a game that they designed together that I really enjoyed that I picked up at Origins, Marty, was... Cricket, cricket, cricket. Uh, to call. Uh, Excellent. Uh, to call. Yes, thank you. Very good. Um, so, uh, yeah. I couldn't remember. I know. You can, yeah. So, anyway, um, they they did to call. And I, Don and I really, really enjoyed to call. And it's a kind of a worker placement game as well. I mean, you know, you're, you're sitting there and you're trying to get your meeple miners to go out and and dig tunnels and acquire coal for you. And there's various contracts that you got to fill and it's it's a three rounds and you're trying to get it out there and and to me i just i've heard about it and you've got your own board and things like that i'm really interested in that that one just i don't know something when i was hearing about spoke to me and maybe maybe it's the fact i'm in the power industry and and by god we're not going to shut down all of our coal plants by we've got to have our workers mine the coal (laughs) <laughs> okay, I went political on you there, but anyway, so um, I'm look I'm looking f- towards that one. I will probably put a um, pre order in on that one, to be honest with you, because huh. it, 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 yeah, who's pub- who's publishing that? Um, it's it's I think um, Pegasus Spiel is bringing it over to either them or uh, the only one I can find. There's a whole list of publishers R and R Games, but I think it's Pegasus who's the one that's going to bring it. They usually take um, games over to. Uh, Europe, but I think they're also going to bring it back this way. Okay, cool. Yeah, I was just looking at the um, the Tosh Kalar, the Arena of Legends. Mm-hmm. That's a Z-Man game. You'll never see it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who makes who makes Robinson Crusoe? Z-Man. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. May, may. No, so, la- so, so last year, remember the big game, one of the big games at Spiel was Terra Mystica, and I was going gaga over that game. It took me forever to get that game. I pre-ordered it at the end of the year, and I don't think I got it until March or April, and even then, I mean, all the pre-orders were gone. I don't even know if, if I hadn't got that one. I'm not sure how long after that I would have been able to get my hands on it. So I don't know what it is with Z-Man and their games and bringing them over here. Yeah, it's it's hard telling. I mean, uh, you know, maybe they just think, you know, we got pandemic and we're happy. I don't know. Because I was looking through, you know, I used to always, I even got a Z-Man shirt. You know, I had you pick me up last two years ago at Gen Con when you bought me Queen's Ransom. You got me, a, mm-hmm. you got me the Z-Man shirt. And I, I don't know, just... I, I guess that's where the sour taste is. You want a game. There's not many games you and I really want to try. 
and yeah and i guess maybe that's that's why we're we're just hammering on because i've been looking and looking and yes i should have been able to get over to gen con on thursday and picked up the game but i didn't so anyway it's just the way it is so i know a lot of uh, other shows are talking about games they're interested in and i'm sure there are probably other games i hadn't even heard about that will be a hits at the show and we'll definitely be keeping an eye on those we won't see them anytime soon probably oh i know a game that will be that will be coming out at um essen that uh will be available here quickly is uh trains and stations from WizKids games uh we saw i got to talk to uh WizKids about that at uh, origins and that looks really interesting i'd like to try that too but that's supposed to be officially released at essen yeah and oh i was just looking at that that's by um Oh, oh, what's his name? Oh, crap. It just left me. Uh, Chaos Ball. Uh, no. Eric Lang. Eric Lang. That's it. Thank you. The name just left me. That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. He, he Matter of fact, he just released some news about that on Board Game Geek. So, you'll have to go back to the oh, mid-October cool. if you want to check it out. That does look interesting. Even though it's dice rolling and chance and all that, it, it does look like a really neat game. Yep. Yep. So this, that'll be out soon uh, around here. So uh, I think there's our quick look at Essen. Remember, Essen does not equal, no, Spiel <laughs> does not equal Spiel de Jars. See, you learn something. See, we're educational here. You just learn a little bit of German. Exactly. Somewhat. Yeah, right. Except, except they say a lot more harshly. And we'll leave it with that. <laughs> So that about wraps up episode number 25, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, our Halloween-themed show somewhat, a little bit. Good evening. I want to drink your blood. See, it all ties together. There's a reason why I did that. There's a method to my madness. And if you haven't figured out why Invasion of the Body Snatchers yet, it's because, you know, when you got to go please your woman or play with your woman, they, they, they just snatch. <laughs> They just got to snatch your body, okay? They just snatch it. I don't know where that came from. So that's what that's why I named the show Invasion of the Body Snatchers because Vanessa and Casey came in and did a great job for the segment on the show. That's why I picked that. Yeah, so here's the deal. I do not name the shows. If you have any complaints, you can send those complaints to Tony at RollDiceTakeNames <laughs> at gmail.com. That's Tony. Roll dice, take names at gmail.com. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. That's the way it goes. Well, uh, we're going to keep this one short because we're going, like we said, we try to keep it at an hour. Um, still working on showing up on Showdown, uh, Dice Tower Network Showdown. We've put out some feelers for that, and hopefully some people will take us up on that. I think it's just coming up with a topic. I think we got people who will buy it. It's just coming up. You know, with the topic that makes it. It's funny. The, the topics we had suggested, everybody agrees on. Oh, I know. It's, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's like, okay, let's do this versus this. Which side do you pick? And they'll like pick side A. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's the side we would have picked too. So <laughs> you got to find something you're passionate about to make it work. So uh, let's see here. Yeah, don't forget, even though Tony mentioned it before, go check out uh, the blog that Vanessa's writing for the month of October, 31 Days of Tabletop Gaming, where she's covering all types of games and themes, and she's doing it from the perspective of the audience being new to gaming so it's very low level it kind of teaches some of the basic uh game mechanics and and types of game examples of each game and and theme it looks like you want to say something what kind of like this show <laughs> well that's that was our what, topic that, that's when we what, started what, what, being very basic no no and it, and it is i mean we just did a whole thing on what is s or what is spiel 
And what is Essen? It's a city in Germany. And there's an award called Spiel des Jahres. And, and uh, just that's just it. What was that little red ribbon on the box? What does it mean? And you look at the history, people are saying, well, you know, people don't realize the people that are really into gaming. Oh, you know, da, da, da. there are there are more people that Marty, I was at Vegas this past week and I was telling people about whoa, whoa, whoa. what what you do in Vegas stays in Vegas. Well, OK, so I didn't spend any money on any of the tables. I'll tell you that much. I love my money too much. But uh, <laughs> I hear you. But I was talking to I mean, these guys are vendor. I was speaking to the vice president um, of the marketing there and I was telling him about, you know, Kickstarters and crowdfunding. He's like, I've never heard of this. Really? Really? And I made a, I was a panelist and I was, and I made a, a speech and believe it or not, guys, I, when I did it, when I started it off, cause I was the first one up and good God, talk about pressure, you know, 150 people and you're standing up there and you've, and you're the kickoff and you're like, okay, just imagine people in their underwear, uh, power people, not going to happen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so a bunch of engineers bunch of engineers but i did i started off mentioning the game power grid and i really yeah, I, that's cool yeah so i'm talking about power grid to get things going and i had people come up to me and they go you're kidding me there's really a game about our industry and i'm like yeah there is you really should go look into it it's it really does a good job of mimicking our industry that's cool. So that you know, and Vanessa's doing a great job, and and that we kid each other about you know getting people educated on this, but it's really helped me. There's 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 it, it, there's no doubt about I wasn't it. I'm gonna say it. I caught myself. <laughs> it, it really has helped me in my understanding. I thought I knew some things, and I've been able to listen to a lot of podcasts, Secret Cabal, Cardboard Jungle, you know, Little Metal Dog Show. Just keep going down the line. That all the new ones, um, but it's just. It, 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 there's a lot out there and believe it or not, we're still a minority, even though there is a resurgence in it. Yeah, sure. Sure. And I think, you know, Vanessa made this point in her uh, discussion of what, how to make uh, gaming easier for non gamers. We tend to throw out a lot of terms and lingo that people don't know. And I think you got to be careful of that. And I think that's why on this show, probably we try to, sometimes we get to the basics too much. People have said, do you guys really know what you're talking about? Because <laughs> you, you talk on such a low level and it's like, well, we're trying to, because we don't assume that people will understand these acronyms and terms that, that we as gamers throw out all over the place. So lots of times we'll go over definitions multiple times just to help new people that are coming into the hobby. But you mentioned Kickstarter and we forgot we was going to mention a couple things here uh, that uh, the bones, uh, thing that we're backing is going to be over by the time this comes out. It'll be just a few days away. And did we want to pick what it was going to finish at? What was your guess? Um, my guess is that it will be two point four, uh, two million four hundred and thirty five thousand dollars. All right, I'm going to say two and a half flat. Two and a half flat. Yeah, because the last one, the last one went over three million. All right, this is impromptu here, Marty. Here we go. And I'm going to tell you, this stuff is not quality here, okay? But I will go ahead and throw it out there. If any of our Board Game Geek members, and I'll start the the blah or the um, thread on it, whoever gets closest to the ending of this Kickstarter, I will make them a... Without going over? With, um, No, just with the closest. Thank you, because I hate the Price is Right method. Whoever gets the closest, if you put an entry in on the thread and you're the closest, I will make you a leather dice bag. 
and I've tweeted this, and you can see a picture of them. I will hand stitch you a leather dice bag. What's to stop somebody from waiting until the last minute before it ends of making a guess? You have to have the entry in 24 hours before the it closes. How's that? Or, or 12 hours. Which do you want? You tell me. 24. 24 hours before it closes. 24, because it, you know how the, in the last 24 hours it goes nuts. Right. So I think I think that's fair. Okay. Okay. This this is your call. I don't know where this came from. This was not in the show. No, notes. it was not. And I just pulled it out something, an orifice, and we're going to go. <laughs> we're going to go with it here. So we're going to say, I, I will start a thread. I'll announce the contest out there in our threads. Whoever can get the closest to the Bones to Kickstarter, um, is going to get them a leather dice bag. I'll even give you a choice. You can, you, you know, we'll just go with the leather dice bag because uh, that's about 50 hours of man-made labor right there, buddy. Let me tell you. Where's my leather dice bag? Okay, I, hey, it's it's going to whoever gets closest to Bones too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, I'll get you one too. Yeah. Okay. All right. One other Kickstarter I wanted to mention was a uh, friend of ours, Scott King, who is a photographer has got a Kickstarter for a 2014 gaming calendar where he takes these really cool shots of, of board games and their pieces and, and the art and the color. I mean, it is some of his photography of board games is absolutely phenomenal. So what he's done is he's put together a little Kickstarter project where uh, if it gets funded, he will have a 12-month a calendar available for people to, to post on the wall. So go check that out. It is a 2014 uh, game calendar uh, from Scott King. I think uh, I, look, you need to go fund it because I really want a copy of this because even after 2014 is over, I could cut out the uh, pictures and hang them up somewhere. It's some really impressive shots. You, uh, I believe he has a link out there to go look at some of his, his pictures and everything. So go check that yeah, out. Be, at the end of the year, you can just cut them out and hang them through the um, di- uh, game cave down there, man. Well, so much for, there yes, well, so much for a short outro there. That's just the way we roll here at Rolling Dice and Taking Names. So, I'm going to just cut us off here, Marty. So if enjoyed the show, uh, let us know on Board Game Geek and all the other good stuff. So until next time, keep rolling dice. And taking names. You merely adopted the board game. We were born in it, molded by them. And our Twitter is found at Dice and Names, and the website is RollDiceTakeNames.com. This episode was sponsored by the Gamers Codex, your source for game news, reviews, and a fun place to discuss the games you enjoy playing. Visit them at thegamerscodex.com. Vanessa, it's noir. I pronounce it noir. Well, it's noir. Is there a W in it? How do you spell it? N-O-I-R. Noir. I looked it up in my super bad computer with science. Uh, It's pronounced Noir. And I should know, I am that genre.